coordinator drama at the University of Georgia. Will he stay or will he go? Like we do not know the answer to that question, but we have some important thoughts about the matter. And we're going to talk about this Georgia basketball team that didn't look great over the weekend, but they got a job done that the Georgia basketball team lately has not been able to get. You are Locked On Bulldogs, your daily podcast on the Georgia Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Clint. That is Daniel. Let me tell you this right now. Okay. The cilantro is chopped. We're and, chopping and, it. We're keeping it fine. It We're is, keeping it. It is nice mm-hmm. and nice and hard as we chop it. Uh, mm-hmm. We are back. Locked on Bulldogs. Your team every day. Uh, by the way, today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Daniel, they're the official. Oh, you love to see that. Official sports book of Locked hmm. on Bulldogs. More We're in the wrong spots on this thing. Is that... It's kind of Hang awesome. on, because we got to get this, Thank and you. so we can get that. So you see the Dogs Podcast. That's the Twitter handle. That's how you get in touch Go with there. us. If Reach you out are on us. YouTube, make sure you join us. If you're on the audio side, thanks for doing that. If you're on the YouTube side, go to audio, subscribe to that mm-hmm. podcast. Love having mm-hmm. listeners. Love interacting with you all. Mm-hmm. The, the 199 is growing. You know uh, that. How we, could it be? It's only 199 Somehow. Uh, it's more than that. doesn't uh, make today's sense. Today's episode, we're going to cover, like Daniel was talking about, Todd Munkin. Does he stay? Does he go? If he goes, then maybe second segment we talk about how it's just fine and maybe a name that brings back a little bit of prestige. Feeling. Oh, Oh, sorry. I meant, sorry. Prestige. Sure. Mm -hmm. But there's feelings. I said Georgia fandom. There's always feeling. There's always going to be feelings. Uh, And then we're going to talk about Mike White and how he is just absolutely slaying people on the hardwood. But let's start first. With Todd Munkin news, Daniel, yeah. uh, rumors abound. Rumors abound is right. And um, first of all, it is Monday. And today marks the first of many days that we will not be discussing the ridiculous Stetson Bennett narrative. So if you're keeping a tally at home of days that we won't be talking about nonsense on the podcast, just put a tick mark in the column and we'll move on. Todd Munkin, however, um, rumors abound. Tampa Bay came, you know, comes calling. Oh, yeah. uh, Baltimore Ravens apparently in the mix. There's some other names that are being thrown on, and there's still some head coaching vacancies in the NFL that have not yet been filled. And so, listen, this train is not going to stop rolling once it leaves the station. And that's what I'd like to address first. Now, okay. let me be clear: Todd Munkin is the best thing that has ever happened to this Georgia football offense. It's he's the best offensive coordinator that's ever coordinated offense at the University of Georgia. And it's not particularly close. And so we hope that he stays. We hope that he does not leave. We hope that none of these NFL jobs um are are suitable and to lure him away. Back up the dump truck of cash. He's the highest paid coordinator. We already did that thing. We did that. So let me address this narrative first because there's some hubris among Georgia fans, and now rightfully so. A little. We are the University of Georgia. We got a little feeling, a little 
feeling a little good about ourselves Riches at this moment. Cool. It's not, yeah, not in not in that way, but in a different way. Um, uh, we're talking about cilantro. We're talking about the britches being full. It's been a it's been a tight four minutes here on the pod. Let's not get ahead of ourselves and act yeah. like the University of Georgia offensive coordinator job is anyone's dream job. Okay, we're going to lose Todd Munkin. Eventually, someone is going to offer him a job that he wants more than this one. And listen, a promotion, an NFL offensive coordinator job is a promotion. So I know you love Georgia and I love Georgia and you like Georgia more than the NFL and I like Georgia more than the NFL. That doesn't change the fact that an NFL offensive coordinator job is a promotion. It comes with more prestige. Mm hmm. And fewer hours. And so those are important things. That's a you know what NFL offensive coordinator is not doing when he is not playing games and coaching games. Anything involving the games? Yeah, there you go. There okay. Not he not ain't he ain't out there recruiting. Nope. So it is a promotion. And eventually Todd Munkin's going to take a promotion. It unless you're gonna offer him head coach at the University of Georgia. He ain't going to be staying at Georgia forever. And so eventually we need to come to terms with the fact that Todd Munkin is in fact going to leave. Now, I hope that it's not this year. This is all we can do is hope to get as many years out of Todd Munkin as we can. Because yep. as Clint referenced, there will be someone who succeeds him. And chances are the person who succeeds him might already be in the room with him right now. And right. if that's the case... You want Todd Munkin in that room for as many years as possible so that as much of that bleeds over on to the next guy as possible. He's going to leave, Georgia fans. But let's just hope it's not this year. That's all we're going to hope for. Hey, we're going to come back after this. I'm going to let you know a couple of names that are out on the horizon. Maybe you should be paying attention to But first, I want to show you about FanDuel. FanDuel, FanDuel is the official sports book of Locked On Bulldogs, Locked On Podcasts, Locked On Episodes, and Locked On Everything. Everywhere. Just, it is Locked On. Look down there. FanDuel.com slash Locked On is where you can go right now. And Daniel, I don't know if you're Well, they're not going to give me free money if I do that, am I? Well, what Are if they? I was to tell you that if you lay down a $5 bet, they're going to give you $150. What if I was to tell you that? That's that's that free Now, I'm not, I'm not, some of our listeners are not clear on how betting works. Okay. But typically, you lay down a fiver, uh-huh. and um, the return on that investment is maybe approximately $4.90. But what if I was to tell you that 150 goes in no matter if you win or lose? Daniel? Oh, so I make a bad bet. Yep, sure. I make a bad bet. I'm not mm-hmm. going to say a particular bet that I could have made this afternoon that would have been a bad bet, but Don't that, that. would have been a bad that. bet. That would have been. I still get paid out? Still get paid. And right oh, now, Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. I'm Daniel, sorry. I don't know why you're not doing this right now. I'm doing it right now. You record on your own. I'm doing it. Uh, As Daniel goes back to uh, FanDuel to go ahead and get that bonus if his Super Bowl bet does not cash. I want to let you know about the names that are in contention when Todd Munkin leaves. Not if, because it will be hopefully in a couple of years. If not this year, we hope it's as long as possible. But let's just say that Todd Munkin does, in fact, leave today. We come back. This week, he goes for the Ravens or the Buccaneers or wherever it is. It's, it's a tough, tough break. Okay? It's tough. It really You're not happy is. about it. 
no, we're not happy. Okay. We're now, pissed. Now, again, I, the NFL is a transient league. I said this a couple weeks ago. You're going to go ahead and get pushed out really, really quick. You look at Byron Leftwich. Byron Leftwich. That was that was the example I gave. Uh, now this cat with the Cowboys had the fifth best offense for a couple of years in a row, and he's out of a job mutually parting ways because Dak Prescott is not a good quarterback. Yeah, he gets fired because Dak Prescott's bad. And now okay. you're going to tell me that you're going to go to Tampa Bay where you, who's the quarterback again? Um, oh, we have no idea. We have Iron no- left, which left the OC position, put on that helmet and said, <laughs> let's ride. No, here's the names that you should consider. First of all, we have them in the building. Mike mm-hmm. Bobo. Now, many of you are not going to be happy with Mike Bobo as a name because you are the small, because he doesn't run the damn ball <laughs> because you're the small percentage of fans that has a B in their bonnet about one particular style of offense. And that you, you referenced it, run the damn ball, Bobo. Like it, this, mm-hmm. it's not that hard. It's not that complex. Well, all of a sudden we see from Todd Munkin. Well, well, what if, what if we didn't listen to the fans and what if we ran our offense the way we should analytically with the type of tempo that we wanted with the type of spread that we wanted. And all of a sudden it's there. Now, Mike Bobo has already been accoladed by Todd Munkin. I don't know if you remember what Todd Munkin had said about one Mike Bobo in the national championship game, Daniel. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember. Credited him for the first two touchdowns of that game. He said, now, look no further than Mike Bobo. Was two touchdowns going to be enough to win that game ultimately? <laughs> so you're telling me Mike Bobo's plays alone would have won that game for Georgia. 14 to 7. That's it. That's all we needed there. That's all he needs. So okay. we already have him in the building. He knows a great deal of Georgia. He is learning from Todd Munkin. He's sitting there. He clearly knows how to get the best out of the quarterback, which we're going to get to maybe on tomorrow's episode. We're going to talk about the top three greatest UGA quarterbacks of all time. Mike Bobo coaching two out of the three. I'm just about to say, not one of them. Not nope. Mike Bobo, all due respect, not one of them. <laughs> Uh, he is not one of them, but he no. coached. But he did coach some yes. people that are in contention. So uh, this is what we're working with. It's that easy thing. The next thing, Kellen Moore out of the, the aforementioned Cowboys offensive coordinator. A, a guy who mutually parts ways. Now, that doesn't look good on a resume. That doesn't look so great as you're trying to shop around for other offensive coaching positions. Where can you go ahead and rehab that image and come out a la Todd Munkin, who got canned from the Browns, comes back, and now is yeah. looking to coach Lamar or yeah. gets a brand Look, come on down, Kellen. He's fifth best offense in the NFL with bad, bad playmakers. CeeDee Lamb, the only guy that can play ball over on that side. Yeah, you're uh, talking about Dan Mullen's pride and joy, Dak Prescott, who... Hate to see it. You hate to see it. Um, Kellen Moore could do a lot worse than the University of Georgia. I'm telling you. It's an interesting name. I'm telling you. Uh, And this is why we're ultimately going to be fine. Guys, we are ultimately fine with Todd Munkin leaving. Two things. One... We're the University of Georgia, and anybody that wants to be here is going to be here and get paid. Let's we pay them a lot. We're a prestigious university. We win championships a lot. Win championships. And this just in, I don't know if you're very aware of this. King Kirby is still on the throne. I don't know how many more times we need to say this. And King Kirby is there. And again, Georgia's heritage is there. People will want to come back time and time again. People want better jobs. Like this is the thing. And if the University of Georgia has clearly proven itself to be a place that you go as a coordinator yeah. and you don't stay as a coordinator for all that long because Hired then from the Browns, you Georgia. begin getting 
you begin getting offers and your name gets buzzed around and now all of a sudden you're the head coach of the University of Oregon. Now all of a sudden you're the head coach of the at Michigan State University. Now all of a sudden you're being rumored to a bunch of NFL jobs. When you're the coordinator at the university, now all of a sudden Alabama is just begging you to By the way, Alabama, did you end up hiring Glenn Schumann? How did that I now, thought it was imminent. It's imminent. It still imminent. is, maybe. It must be still no, his, imminent because it, it hasn't happened yet. The office is cleared out, I hear. Yeah, no, he's gone. His family hates Athens. He would <laughs> never miss the chance to go back and coach for Nick. For somebody who's less than Kirby is now. Correct. Okay. Okay. Well. So um, you're the University of Georgia offensive coordinator job is an attractive job. Yes, it is sir. a very attractive job. And I think Kirby has, I think Todd Munkin's helped Kirby a lot. I yes. honestly do. Yes. I think Kirby's learned a lot from Todd Munkin. I think Kirby's offensive philosophy has evolved. You and Kirby right has. System, you hand him the ball and you don't touch anything else. Kirby has seen that you don't have to be Nick Saban modern day and sacrifice defense to play great offense. Oh, you don't have to do that. Kirby's seen that there's a way that you can still play elite defense like Alabama has never done since Kirby Smart left. Oh, no. And you can still play elite offense without the Lane Kiffin, who cares about our defense, non-complimentary football Gosh. model that um, Bill O'Brien has been running over there. Oh, at, no. Alabama. Oh, so no. all I'm trying to say is I think we're in good hands with the Kirby. I know in the past there has been some consternation. Can Kirby hire the right offensive assistants? Again, he's not made great choices. Okay. In the past, Todd Munkin is really his only successful OC hire to date. But I think we can trust him with the next one because of what we've seen from Todd Munkin. He knew what the look his mold was to find himself a younger version. He found that in Dan Lanning. He found that in Mel Tucker. He found that in Glenn Schumann. Okay. There was a mold. He had it. He has now the mold of the offensive coordinator at Georgia. He wants. Yeah. And now he just replicates it. He crotchety found old man. Crotchety Point Mike old Bobo. <laughs> point, point. This well, man's already got the job locked up. We Let's. have it there. Uh, we're going to come back after this and talk about them dogs hoops right after this. Daniel, I feel as though I need to give you the floor because this is, again, basking in the floor. You are clearly the one who has more of a care for the the, the hoops than I do. Well, However, I, I was look, just about to say, look, y'all, I'm starting to get into it. I'm watching Roberts. I'm watching these guys. I'm watching the threes that aren't just heaved up from no man's land just because we can't run an offensive set, but rather are part of the game and they're hitting them they're mm -hmm. coaching there's development there's excitement on defense so let's talk about how the, like, these last two games have looked pretty good one shaky both kind of shaky but ultimately the end still gives us hope for this season yeah it got waxed by tennessee obviously yeah. and on the road at tennessee tennessee is a very 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 good basketball team and they tennessee is a not just a very good basketball team but they're also a a high variance basketball team, meaning when Tennessee's good, their good is better than most teams good. And they also have the capacity to let to let down and to play down. And we've seen that from Tennessee at times. We caught Tennessee on a night when they were clicking, when all when all cylinders were firing. And it's the first time that the Georgia basketball teams really looked 
embarrassing, embarrassingly bad. Got absolutely blown out. Now, that doesn't hurt your resume. It doesn't hurt your RPI or anything like that. But you worried, I worried, about how we would come back from that. What we would look like then at home against a South Carolina team that does not have a good record, but that has shown at times it has the capacity to play up to its level of competition. South Carolina with a win over Kentucky earlier this year. And so how would Georgia respond? And they came out of the gate flat as all get out, and they did not look good in that game. And this is what I love about this Georgia basketball team. The the stars weren't there. Nope. And the defense wasn't there. And let me tell you the two things that Georgia has been able to hang its hat on this year. It's really solid position defense, specifically three-point field goal percentage defense. Georgia is among the leaders of the SEC in three-point field goal percentage defense. This game, not so. We were giving up wide open three after wide open three. The rotation wasn't there. Guys were late getting to the ball. Guys were late getting off their, you know, getting off their guy and getting onto the help defender. It, it was it was a really poor showing from start to finish defensively for Georgia. And you combine that with the fact that Braylon Bridges was basically a non-factor in the game. Terry Oquindo did not play his best game. No, sir. And Terry Roberts did not play his best game. Now, Terry Roberts had a few decent playmaking things. He was able to get in the pick and roll with Frank Anselm, who I'll talk about in a second, and, and throw a few lobs and get a few assists. But other than that, Terry Roberts really played pretty bad. Terry Oquindo got to the rim a decent amount, but didn't hit any shots, missed several critical free throws for Georgia down the stretch. Did not play his best game. You would think that if the stars aren't there, none of them for Georgia, that Georgia is going to struggle, and they did struggle, but you would think that Georgia would not be able to pull out a win like this. But guys like Martyrez McBride had a great game. Juice Holt had an unbelievable game. What? Down the stretch, Holt came out of nowhere. And just a couple of those second chance rebound points. Daniel, yes. And getting to the free throw line. My goodness. The hustle plays. The, the He's not a shooter. He's not oh. a scorer. He is a good defender. I wish he would keep the ball in front of him more. He is an incredible recovery defender. Yes. But I wish he didn't have to recover so often because I wish he would keep the ball in front of him a little bit more. But Juice Holt played an unbelievable game. And Frank Anselm played the game of his freaking life in this game. He played a lot of minutes. And he was critical for Georgia, both on the offensive and the defensive ends. Bottom line is the team found a way to scrap out a gutty victory after being down double digits in the second half when all signs pointed to the fact that there was no chance of them doing that, Clint. This nope. is a nope. huge reason for optimism for this Georgia team. Uh, that's exactly right. This team is incredible. One other point. Uh, Raheem and his three-point ability, Daniel, I think it was a couple of games ago that he, maybe it was against Vanderbilt that I remember this. Yeah, well. Jabri, raining, yeah. He's raining he, threes. And it's silky smooth, the it's delivery. So it's just So this team effortless. is deep. This team is wide. They have yeah. scorers. They have, de- and if you don't think Aquindo can just put it on the floor, and again, we've been saying this, but get his bucket when he needs to. And That's right. Drive, it's just incredible. It's fun uh, to watch, and it's all coaching Clint it's just 
you don't you could be a basketball novice and i know many of you listening to the pod not not a keen college basketball longtime fan it doesn't take much to watch some clips of last year's team and watch oh, some clips of this year's team no. and you see we were losing by 15 points in this game against a bad south carolina team at home and I was commenting to myself as I was watching about how much better the team is coached than last year. It's so evident in every facet of the game. Mike White is a difference maker on this team. I don't know if this team is going to make the NCAA tournament or not. They're going to have to get some monster wins on the resume to do so. But I'm going to tell you this right now. You do not want to play this team in the SEC tournament. No, sir. And... The NIT is very much in play for Georgia. And to think about what a step in the right direction that would be for this team that went 1-17 and 17 in conference play last year. Six wins on the season. Oh, we already here. For them to make a postseason tournament, currently sitting at 14-7, and seven, get all those extra practice reps, get all that work in for the guys that are coming back next year, which yep. we haven't talked about, but there's a lot of guys that have eligibility to come back next year, plus two top 100 recruits already committed for next season. This is the key for Mike White. You got to continue to build, and then you got to continue to keep the pieces in place that we have. It's an exciting time, Georgia basketball. They got three games coming up, Daniel, that are going to be very, very tough. Critical games. Critical three-game stretch at Auburn, 15th-ranked Auburn. At AM and then Mississippi at home as well as Kentucky at home. But you it's, you you give me look, tell me tell me there aren't two wins in those. You gotta games. win two. You gotta win on the road. You gotta take and you gotta beat a big team. You gotta you gotta get some big big name brand wins. Auburn's been struggling. They're not gonna be ranked fifteenth when we play them next no. week. They're uh, on a bit of a skid, but that's Georgia's going to get a good shot from Auburn, and Auburn is a ridiculously hard place to play. A win on the road at Auburn would mean a ton to this team's resume. It's going to be a tough hill to climb, but the, Georgia doesn't feel like they're they're a lock for a loss in any game. That's the nope. thing. We got blown out by Tennessee, but we catch Tennessee again in the SEC tournament. Georgia could give them a game. That's not that's not a question. When you said down by 15, Tom Crean era down by 15, that was well, what, oh. Sein, what Seinfeld is on. Yeah, we done. we done. We done. Uh, this has been Locked On Bulldogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We will see you all tomorrow. See ya.